Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. David Krejci draws Austin Watson, now Heinen to McAvoy, he scores! Yo, bartender, your food needs a refill! the stop. Marchand ahead to Bergeron has Marchand busting down the middle. Scores! Patrice Bergeron with the Bruins' third shorthanded goal of the season. Treat me right fucking now! McAvoy finds DeBrus behind DeLaurier! You. Got stinking shit face on the bus. Louise left me, and that son of a bitch over there keeps playing me when he knows I'm shit face. Yeah, buddy, we are back, or I am back, for another Beers and Bruins uh, podcast. Uh, we are recording, I believe, to this is August third, so we're getting ready for the for the uh, Boston Bruins upcoming 2018-19 season. But um, we're doing Beers and Bruins right now to. To kind of fill the gap, and, and I want to hear from the fans. I want people to, to actually come in and talk with me on Skype. If you've got a great connection, you got Skype, and you have time to talk, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. I want to hear from the fans, and uh, I just want to keep the hockey thing going until we seriously ramp uh, our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast up uh, in uh, early September, or the first weekend of September, actually, and then we are we are going weekly. So um, just want to mention our partnership with Primetime Sports Talk. Uh, your home for in-depth sports analysis on air and online. Uh, there's great content over there. Uh, they're doing Red Sox right now. They're doing uh, Patriots, great Patriots coverage over there, uh, and, and Celtics and Bruins coming up. Uh, so definitely go check them out. You can find them at primetimesports.com. Um, and also, I just want to take a minute before we have our, our, our awesome guest on, um, uh, somebody reached out to me. Well, actually, I saw it on a uh, a Twitter post, and it kind of uh, got my attention. So, 
um, this uh, this kid Zach, uh, I believe he was uh, first year um, in high school, uh, suffered a really bad accident playing the game of hockey. And with kids and hockey and the community that we have, um, I just wanted to mention something because his sister, I've been talking to her for a little bit, so and uh, she reached out to me and. And we've been talking, and I said to say something uh, for for a couple shows at least. And uh, uh, his name is Zach with a it's Z A C, and that's a, I I cannot do this name, so I'm just gonna spell it. It's M U E N Z N E R. And if you want to go to GoFundMe.com and uh, just uh, help support Zach and his last name M U E N Z N E R. Um, he got hit from behind in a hockey game and unfortunately he will not be able to play ever again. That's the prognosis right now. Um, but the family really needs help with the medical, um, uh, just the overwhelming, uh, medical bills and, and time. So, uh, if anybody could do anything for this family, uh, please do so. Uh, we are going to, um, for the Black and Gold Pod and Black and Gold Hockey Productions, uh, we're going to donate some money uh, soon. So uh, if you have the time and the money, please do so. Uh, Zach, we're thinking of you, and I uh, hope you get better. So, And with that, um, I just wanted to I just wanted to definitely say that because, uh, like I said, I'm a big kid thing and, and, and the sport and the community, and it's so tight and, and just a good feeling. And uh, best hopes uh, to him and his family through this uh, tough ordeal. But um, I have a special guest, and we've been trying to do this for a while. Uh, we've been trying to do it on location at a at a lovely bar uh, in the Boston area. But with with many emails that go out and excitement come back uh, when you finally get dates down and and people don't answer you, it gets a little frustrating. But we managed to do this uh, from afar. I'm in the studio in Amesbury, Massachusetts, and my friend Anastasia is uh in charlestown massachusetts anastasia welcome to the program hello mark how are you i'm doing good i'm doing good i'm so excited to uh, finally uh, have a chance to talk to you uh and and have a few beers and and talk some bruins yeah it's been a long time coming huh right we've been oh, geez, we've been talking <laughs> what for about a season pretty much yeah because i reached out to you guys back in october when i first moved back up here i think yeah, it's almost a year. Damn. Anastasia is a great follow on Twitter, by the way. She's a really good uh, Boston uh, sports fan uh, in general. Uh, I try. Yeah, I try. You can follow her on Twitter at A-Z-O-L-I-D-E-S. I am terrible with names, so I'll say that one more time. At A-Z-O-L-I-D-E-S. So. Super Greek name. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and those are the worst ones. And then I'm not I, saying seriously. anything bad about about your name or your or your heritage. Or my but... people. Don't talk about my people like that, Mark. <laughs> no, I don't. I know some of the names are like they have like Opolis at the end of it. So yep. I lucked out with the uh, when they came over here and they shortened it up a little bit. So well, thank you to my ancestors for doing that for exactly. not being able to spell. You produced a great person. <laughs> yeah. For uh, real. This is tradition, so got to do that. I am already halfway through one but i brought an extra can just so i could <laughs> nice that sounded great <laughs> on the audio too i i'm so happy about this audio because my it's it's got to be the new max or something because even when i talk on the phone to like people with new iphones it's like i swear they're talking right behind me yep. and like talking in my ear and it's it's insane so i'm, I'm glad this is working out yeah so i'm glad yeah this is um 
we didn't even do a test. And I normally like to get with people that are uh, going to be on the show like a day of, you know, 48 hours before and just, just do a quick five minute chat, you know, yeah, give, give them the lowdown. But I'm, I was crossing my fingers and toes and I'm just like, this is, and as soon as you said a word, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> it's literally, it's so crystal clear because I, I have headphones in, but it's so, it sounds like we're talking in the same room. It's yep. amazing. Yeah. Got to love the technology. But Anastasia, you've been a, uh, a Bruins fan for a long time, but you did mention something that you moved to Boston and, and then without going into like unbelievable family detail and so on, but I just want to get your fandom and where you've been. Uh, have you yeah. generally been on the East coast or do you get, or do you get around a lot? So long story short, born and raised in Massachusetts. I was born um, in uh, Wellesley actually. And my family lives in, my dad still lives in a small town in central mass about 25 minutes south of Worcester. So I'm from here. Um, And as you can tell, I don't have a Boston accent. Um, I don't even know what kind of accent I have anymore to be honest, (laughs) but um, yeah, born and raised in small town in central mass and went to college at UMass Amherst. Go you Um, actually went there during uh, the Justin Braun and Matt Irwin era. Oh, Justin Um, Braun, one of the, uh, one of the best stand-up de- uh, st- uh, shutdown defensemen in the in the league. Also, uh, first college crush before I knew he played hockey. To be <laughs> to be honest, so that's my claim to fame there. Um, yeah, so I went to went to UMass um, in Amherst, and I did uh, I did event planning and stuff there. Uh, graduated, and then I stayed around the Worcester area actually worked at the Palladium for a little bit for all you uh metal fans out there that's be um, me I'm raising my hand if you can't see your I, your horns you mean right what I am actually <laughs> holy crap yeah yeah yeah, yeah no <laughs> <laughs> so I worked there for a few years and then my sister was in Chattanooga Tennessee going to school and um I was just kind of at that at that point where I'm like I need to do something for myself you know I've got family obligations those are over and done with kind of thing I had to do that uh for a little bit my mom was sick so I you know did that and then I was like I need to do something for myself I never went away to school I was you know an hour away from home so uh moved to Chattanooga Tennessee um and I worked actually technically at the Chattanooga Choo Choo I know that that's a question that comes up is did you see the Chattanooga Choo Choo but I actually worked for the company of the Chattanooga Choo Choo. Nice. Um, I worked at a music venue down there and ended up managing uh, said music venue. They actually owned two music venues, so I worked alongside um, the owners down there. And then I really just missed home, and I lived there for two and a half years. And then I moved back up here in in end of September, and uh, I was actually – I adopted the Preds. I'm sorry for anyone who hates the Preds, but I adopted them because my my whole thing with them is Matt Irwin plays for them. So I was like, this is the only hockey team in the South, basically, besides the Panthers. But we won't talk about the Panthers. Yeah, um, I, I was I was uh, <laughs> I was recently creeping through your uh, your pictures on Twitter and and saw the picture oh, of you with a, another lovely lady that. Um, I'm not sure what she was wearing, but you had the you had the uh, Preds gear on. I, you know, and that was that was the uh, the Stanley Cup 
game four when they swept the Blackhawks. Oh. And those tickets, we were in the balcony, but those tickets were 80 bucks. And I'm sorry, but 80 bucks for a Stanley Cup game. Wow. I don't know what team's playing. You're not paying that up here. No. No I mean, way. Absolutely not. So I was like, you know what? I just, I love hockey in general. And honestly, if you're ever in Nashville, Bridgestone is such an awesome place to see a game at because the fans are amazing. That's what I've heard. I mean, I... you know, they as a Bruins fan, going Bruins games down there was not fun because there was one point, um, I think they ended up losing to the Preds, but I was the only fan in the section. And at one point, somebody scored, and I was like the only one that, you know, shot up, and I was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Some guy behind me is like, if you love Boston so much, go back home. And I just turned around, and I'm like, I'm <laughs> trying my hardest, okay? I hate I'm people trying like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was fun. And um, at that Stanley Cup game, there was actually a guy three seats down from me with a Boston Bruins shirt on. And I had actually brought my Boston Bruins hat with me, because I'm like, I can't go to a hockey game and not rep the Bruins. I don't care where I'm at. There you go. And ended up buying a Preds hat just because. But um, I whipped my Bruins hat on real quick, and I ran over to him. I'm like, I'm from Massachusetts. <laughs> Said Boston. Anytime you say I'm from Massachusetts, people assume Boston anyway. So, you know, I'm like, I'm from Boston. He's like, no shit. And then we were friends <laughs> automatically. So it was it was a good time. But, yeah, um, Nashville is so much fun. Um, doesn't matter who they're playing. They're It's just the energy is amazing. Um that's partially why I love the Bruins so much is just because every – even just being out, you don't even have to be in a game. Like I can I can have, you know, I can be at a bar, I can be at home, just the energy. You can feel the energy through the TV at your house. You know, it's just like hockey's amazing, and I can't talk more enough about it. So, Yeah, it's, um, it's a very connecting sport to say the least. You know, you, I mean, you do get – you get some good people – and you meet some good people, but you also meet some characters. Um, but it, it, that's hockey. It, I mean, you get it just brings all breeds. And hey, you got to take the good with the bad, and vice versa. So I mean, you get the well, versatility, a little bit of everything is not the not the worst thing. Exactly. Keeps it interesting. Well, speaking of interesting, nice little segue there for you. Is this your first podcast? Hello. Are we having? We might have technical difficulty. I can hear you now. Can you hear okay, me? Okay, I can hear you. Right. We're still right. recording, so no problem. Edit that out. Yeah, I will. <laughs> so speaking of interesting, um, what I'm I'm interested in what you're doing to keep this the off season. Um, you know, you're 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 still involved. You're still intact, and, and what do you do to get your fix? So, um, besides also, listen, besides listen to the black and gold hockey podcast, well, all the besides time. like getting on you guys about shit talking my mans, but we won't go into that. <laughs> oh, we're getting into that. <laughs> no, we can't. We can't. Nobody can know. That's a secret. Okay. Secret, um, uh, so actually being a hockey fan, I'm also a super, super into true crime. Um, so I listened to this one podcast, um, these two girls that talk about, uh, true crime and serial killers, murders and stuff like that. And I, from that, there's a bunch of, there's a group on Facebook and a podcast, obviously. Um, but there's a ton of subgroups. So I actually run a hockey true crime subgroup on Facebook. So I, uh, started with me and my, my friend who lives in Oregon, who's a super hockey fan. Um, she is a Kings fan. Oh, I like the Kings. Yeah. The Kings are John quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's well, a huge 
the well, uh, Manchester Monarchs weren't far away, and I was a season ticket holder, so I got to know all you know Brandon Cozen and and, exactly. and Tyler Toffoli and all those guys, Martin Jones. Yes. You yes. want to give her a shout out? You're welcome to. Erin Carey in Portland. Well, she's not in Portland, but Portland, Oregon. Um, you can follow her. I think it's E R L O Carey. So E R L O C A R E Y. Cool. Uh, for the fans at home. Um, but yeah, she's, uh, she's a Kings fan and we both listen to that same podcast. That podcast for anyone that likes true crime, um, is my favorite murder for the fans at home. Um, it's run by these two awesome ladies who live in LA and they're pretty great. Um, enough name dropping for now though, but we run that, (laughs) that hockey blog and it started with like me and her. Um, I invited a couple random of my friends from that I knew were hockey fans. Um, actually found a lot of hockey people in Chattanooga. Um, my best friend that I worked with, uh, David Kidwell, shout out to him. Um, he is a Boston Bruins fan, New England Patriots fan, Red Sox fan, and Celtics fan. Nice. Born and raised in Chattanooga. I don't know how that happened. Um, but I kind of, when I was living down there, obviously without having the Bruins, I needed someone to talk hockey and I found him and that was great. Um, another one of my friends down there is a Penguins fan. We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll put that one aside. But yeah, so I ran that blog and it started with like, you know, a few people. And as we continued to put more content in it, and it's just like, it's an open thing. It's just like a, on Facebook and it's a group and it's just open. Anyone can add anything. Anyone can you know, contribute. And that's, what's cool about it is cause that's where you get the different kind of personalities and you get the different fans and it's just such a great atmosphere too. It's not like nobody's talking shit about anybody else. Right. And if we are, it's just like, we're chirping at each other or something. So it's like, um, like I give her shit all the time for the Kings losing, uh, this past season and there, uh, that was a, any Kings fans, I'm sorry out there. That was a that was a tough one, but um, and she she gets on to me about like liking Adam McQuaid so much. So <laughs> um, you know, back and forth. But um, it's been cool too with all these trade talks and like especially the Eric Carlson thing. Because we had one girl post on it, and it was just like this whole thread of people saying like you know just putting their input. And that's what's cool about it is because I I can talk hockey all day. Yep. And I'm not the best with stats, but I can still, you know, keep up conversation. I just have such a passion for it. I love it. And, uh, you know, going on, going on with that, that's kind of been what I've, I get my hockey fix every day from that. And it's just like people putting different things in and, you know, like they had all the, um, that song by Drake, they had the Kiki videos. Came out, so a couple of different hockey players did that video and that was kind of fun. So, you know, it's, um, really talking about the players, social media too. We kind of, chime in on that and just a little bit of everything which um like i said kind of gives me my fix really and then obviously listening to you guys because you guys make me feel smarter when i listen to you talk stats and everything i kind of know what's going on so thank you for that oh you're welcome <laughs> i appreciate that that plug that's i mean we love it no you um, guys are great in the i don't i haven't said this yet but when i moved back home i was kind of trying to find the things that really cemented me being back home because I grew, I grew up here. So it's like, okay, I'm just back home. But I really tried to find my my place as a, you know, newly newly living in Boston or near Boston and, um, 
you know, really trying to find my place back home. And I started listening to you guys. And then I was like, oh, these are my people. This is great. I was like, you know, you got the accent. I was like, I have the accent back and courts there. And he, you know, lives in Canada, which is awesome. And then you got Rob in England, which I didn't even know there were hockey fans in England. Oh yeah. Oh so yeah. It's, so it's just like, it's cool. Cause I, I found you guys and then I started, you know, following you guys on social media and then just kind of chiming in here and there. And just the fact that you guys like op- welcomed me with open arms, like that's amazing. And I'm so honored that you even invited me to be on this podcast and we've been talking about it for a while now. So I'm like super stoked that it's finally happening. So yeah. it's been great. It's been a, uh, thank you for just being awesome, I guess. <laughs> well, we, we, that's a little overwhelming and I, and I certainly appreciate it. I, I mean, that's just motivation for us to get better and and to do more things like this for people like you. I, what I liked about you is is your your passion to take your fandom to another level. And what I mean by that is when you have time and you do live in the city and you live close to a lot of you know public transportation, so you get places where you want to go. I mean, oh yeah, I could be I could be going to the aquarium. I mean, not me personally, but you know, just a regular hockey fan could be taking the time going to the aquarium, and and sightseeing around Boston. But you chose to go, you know, grab the I don't know what line it is, but head down to the Warrior Ice Arena. On many occasions, I see you tweeting that oh, you're yeah, there I at practices, have. and and I find that admirable that you. It's you, just such a different experience. It's like, you know, you see these guys on TV and it's like any sport. You see them on TV and it's like you feel you feel that you're like you're watching the game and you're into it. Yeah, but you're removed from it in yep. a way. You're removed from them. And then going to a game, it's like, okay, great. I'm here. The energy's here. You know, the, these people are – these athletes are actually in front of me. And for a lot of like – like you said about earlier, like kids are – such a huge passion for you, like kids in hockey. And it's like to see a kid going to a game is just like, you know, their eyes light up and it's a huge thing. And that's what I felt like at my first game. So it's like that I relate to on, on that level. So it's just magical being there. But then at practice, it's just like, and I had, I had free time, um, unfortunately, but I filled my free time with going to the games and it was a totally different, it was like these guys, were the same guys but like toned down and it was like you could really get their personalities like you know um Anton Hudobin who is no longer with us um on the team is hilarious like he is just like he's you know tapping the guys with his stick he's pushing them over like you know it's just like a playful thing and that's cool to see at practice because it's like it really brings a life to this team that you see you know on shows like behind the beat or mm-hmm. you know yep. their social media and it's just like it's cool to see that in person and then um a cool thing too is like they they'll stop and sign autographs for you and i know like that's not a huge deal to a lot of fans but um it's really cool that these guys can take time and do that you know they're at their practice and you know when you're playing practice in high school or, any, or you know not that it's the same but you're focused on practice and you want to go home after it but the, the fact that these guys are at that level of what they're at in their careers and they can stop and do that and you see that it's just really cool like i've never seen chara say no to an autograph Right. You know, um, and then it's just cool because it's like you see them in a totally different space, but they're still putting 110 percent into what they're doing. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely at a different, different level. And and not not for them as a professional, because this is what they do on a day to day basis during the regular season. But for a fan to go and and let me tell let me ask you first. 
well, make that the the second question. But when they go to a, a a place like the Warrior Ice Arena, you're on top of the practices. You really mm-hmm. you really hear what's going on. You hear the communication between each other. But you know what's weird is that there's not a lot of people there watching with you. Oh my god! There was one time I was there. I was probably like me and ten other people, and I walked. I literally walked. I was so amazed the first time I went, and I'm I live in um, Arlington, so it was like it's twenty minutes from me. Um, so, and when I drove there the first time, I was like, holy shit, this is like super close. Um, so that was cool, first of all. And then I literally just parked on the street, walked in. And the fact that you can walk in, you don't have to give anybody a ticket, anyone your ID or anything like that is amazing in itself. And then it's just, you go in there and you walk down, you can walk right up to the, the glass and you're like, they're right there. Yep. And um, that for me, for, and um, people might be surprised by this, but my, actually my first Bruins game at home was last year. And I tell everyone that and they're like, wait, what? And I just, I never got a chance to go to a game when I was younger. My, my dad wasn't really into hockey. Um, so I never really got to go, but I went to like all the UMass games when I was there and I'm loyal follower of the Bruins for years on TV. We just never ended up going. Um, but yeah, to, to be able to do that and just walk in and like, they're all here, you know, like all these guys are here. So that's really cool. So, um, and the Warrior Ice Arena is beautiful. If, That's, if that, that, that was my second question, so, oh so go right if ahead. If people haven't been yet, like, please like, take, take a morning off from work or just something. Because they practice on Saturdays, too. So if you go early enough, you can get there. But it is just like, it's so nice in there. And it's just like you said before, you can hear the guys talking. You can, you can almost see on their faces, like, all right, this is the play we're practicing now. This is like what we're doing. Like you can see the focus and it's just like exactly. being up in close and personal with them like that is just like something like even in my career in the past, just like um, working with musicians and everything. It was just cool because I liked the human side of it. Um, and I think that's what attracted me, you know, to being at Warrior Ice Arena too, is like you see the human side of hockey, which is like, you know, that's what kids practice hockey for all their lives to go and to be at that level. But they're still people, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. um, not to get off topic there. But, you know, it's just it's it's cool. It's a cool experience. And I highly recommend um, and it's free. It can't be free. Um, that, that's one of the things that I, I'm trying to, like, get out. It's like a lot of people, they, they get in touch with me and they're like, oh, I'm hearing mixed reviews about this and about that and the validated parking and blah, blah, blah. That's why people don't want to go because back at, not too long ago, I mean, the Warrior Ice Supreme is only, this is, I think, the second year. Yeah. So the, fir- like the first year, I remember a lot of people come up, you know, they would uh, reach out on social media and just say, Mark, you know, I did go to, like you suggested, but I got hit with a $50 a day charge down in the, down in the, uh, in the parking deck. And I said, "Well, did you go and validate your parking? Because if you did, you would have gotten. You would have only had to pay ten dollars for the event." Yeah, ten dollars. I mean, ten dollars to see an hour and a half of practice to me right. is just like you're going to pay an arm and a leg going to but they the got, garden anyway. They got hit with a fifty dollar because they didn't know that they had to go and valid. They could validate in the this arena. Is, this is um, a uh, people not reading situation, right? Also. But right. They do. Yeah, they do validate the parking. Um, which is great because some places don't even have parking for you to go to. I'm not sure what their um, – I know they used to practice. Is it in Wilmington that they used to practice? Yeah. They did that for like 30-plus um, 30, 30 years in, in a tin can that was so freaking cold. I felt like I was in a 
50s bomb shelter. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the best thing about Warrior Ice Arena, too, is that it's hockey rink cold. It's not, right. not sitting out in an igloo or, you know, like having to bu- bundle up. I went in flip-flops one time, which I don't recommend, but, you know, that's... That's what us Bostonians do. Are you, are you a good Are you a good judgment of size when it comes to like floor layout? Um, because because this number I'm going to tell you is going to blow your mind. Now that we're talking about Warrior Ice Arena, you got me on this. Oh, tell me it. I'm ready. All right the the, the facility in Wilmington, okay, which was the Rususha mm-hmm. Memorial Arena, and the Bruins uh, did their practices and training camps and blah 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 there for like 32, 33, 35 years. Yeah, seventy two hundred square feet. That that rink and locker room and weight facility. Really? I'm not kidding you. I I actually wrote an article about this, right? And I contacted the guy who runs through that. Then yeah, I I contacted. How big, so how big no, is Warrior? Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I actually contacted right, the ahead, guy. Sorry. Contacted the guy that runs the Rasusha, and he said, came back, and I said, um, are you missing a zero uh, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in that six-figure six number? And he goes, no, this is exactly what the square footage is. I was like, wow. I was this, absolutely blown away. Is there only one rank there? That's it. it. Just, just one rank. Because I know... Um, they have a track They at, have a track out back. Okay. Because I worked at um, Flynn Rink in... Um, what's the town? Uh, Malden, I think it is, or okay. Medford, one of those. Um, but they had like a, you know, a decent size rink, and then they had a smaller rink too. So I'm just, I'm just putting it into perspective from that. But that's really. Yeah. All right. So you ready for the numbers on the Warrior Ice Arena? Yeah. All right. So there's seventy-five thousand square feet that, that is dedicated to right. That is dedicated to the ice, the sheet of ice, and the stands. And the concourse, you know, when you go up in the, on the second floor to get your your uh, coffee and pizza. Is that including where, like, the lobby, where the stairs and elevators no, are? Or no, is... no, no. Okay, so just that closed-off part, okay. Right. So, 75 is dedicated to uh, seats and arena. Uh, 25,000 is dedicated to locker room and weight room. What? Yeah. And, and, and 12,000 for uh, a retail store that I'm... Not sure if they're gonna build because it's been it's been empty for a while. So it's still it still is all. I know they're doing all the construction there yeah, still oh yeah. also, which could have affected people's parking also. Yeah, um, definitely a possibility. Yeah, um, I won't give my parking secrets away, but I know when I did park in the garage, they were doing uh, construction on that like side road there, so they had part of it blocked off. But um, anyway, those numbers are fascinating and that's what you need to do to entice a player of john Tavares's caliber to come to boston even though it didn't happen yeah i I believe the bruins got a great experience and they have the facilities now to say hey boston's a good place to play too and we have some cap space to give you so you know let's try to make a deal exactly and you know the thing the thing that i know you said this in i think the last uh beers and bruins podcast but people don't look at the business side of hockey. They look at, you know... Enough. It's like they don't the look face. at it enough. They look at the face of it. And, you know... Um, and I don't know if it's me from working in the music industry, which is somewhat similar, where you just don't see the, the artist and the music. You see, like, the... You know, 
what it takes for marketing, what it takes for to actually get an artist to a show, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff. And it's like these, these players that this is their job. And like the reason you take a job in like your personal life are for like the perks of it too. You know, you take it for the benefits and you take it for, you know, the transportation time. Is it close to me? You know, like there's a lot of different moving parts that go into it. And for a player, like you said, like Tavares, he's not just looking at like, okay, I'm going to come play for the Bruins. I'm going to come, you know, live in Boston. He's like, all right, what's my practice facility looks like? You know, what's our practice schedule going to be? What's, um, you know, my family, you know, there's a bunch of different moving parts of it. And I don't think people, I don't, I don't think people know to think of that. Well, not necessarily that they don't think of it. It's a little bit of both, but I don't think they know how much actually goes into it. Yeah. It would have been cool if Tavares came here, but I'm not mad that he went home. I mean, I'm if he either. had a chance to go home, I mean, I came back home, you know, not that everybody wants to go home, but if you have a chance to go play for your team growing up, like if I was a, you know, if I was a guy and hockey player and put in a similar situation, I would not blink an eye at the opportunity to go play for the Bruins. You know, that's just like, that's a childhood dream, and I, I'm not going to fault him for that. Exactly. Um, and, and But, you know, getting back to it, there's a bunch of stuff. Like, And Warrior Ice Arena is beautiful. I don't know what um, the Maple Leafs facility looks like, but, you know, if you're – like you said, the tin can that was um, the other facility, I don't know. Um, I've never been there personally, um, but from what I've heard, it was not the nicest or best equipped facility for I'm gonna them. Sa- so. I'm going to send you a picture of it on Twitter. Please, please do. I would, <laughs> I would love to see I'll, it. I'll show you all kind of in, inside, outside pictures and everything. I'll give I'm you the real. I'm literally thinking a tin can. So. It is. It's a brown tin can <laughs> like with a Bruins. An old Campbell's soup can that's rusted both on the inside and I'm going to say you're pretty okay. damn close. All right, good. <laughs> with a Stanley awesome. Cup, with a former Stanley Cup made out of con- uh, granite outside. All right, that's fair. And then, are they going to move that? They should move it. I think uh, the last time I knew there was an um, an article, I actually, I wrote because uh, Jimmy Murphy said something about it, that they was selling that cup for 35 grand. Yeah, that's pocket change. Right. But... I don't know. The cup really didn't look like the Stanley Cup to me. It looked like kind of like, I don't know. An, another kinda... rusted tin can? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's those numbers are that's outstanding. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, but, you, but uh, you need it in, in today's hockey. I mean, you oh, need you all the training. You know, this isn't these. This isn't the team the Bruins had when, when you went to the Restucia and you were pretty much having a cigarette on the bench. Yeah. During, during practice, this, this is not that Bruins team anymore. This is the upscale. We need everything to make and mold a professional player on a yearly level and, and on a day-by-day basis, basically, because a lot of these guys don't go home. You know, They go on vacations. Yeah. They pretty much live here and they train here, so uh, exactly. it's, it's very important. Yeah, but, um, exactly. What, what are your expectations? I mean, are you in that fans mind frame that the Bruins didn't do anything or they didn't do anything last year what are they doing this is you know is are you freaking out or Um, are you accepting what's been going on and maybe would like to see a little consistency before you know putting the hand over the uh the panic button so being a just a Boston sports fan in general I mean 
this is like, okay, sure. You know, like, look at the Red Sox for how many years they were doing their thing. And I didn't want to bring the Red Sox up because I know that you have no, <laughs> um, you know, you don't care. And, you know, I don't. I did no, get, because... if you want to talk about that, we can. No, no. We're talking <laughs> Bruins, and the Bruins are my first first uh, love of my life. So, um, no, I'm not because, you know, I, I honestly, to my core, so not last year, but the season before when they were in the, the, the finals against Ottawa, first of all, uh, Eric Carlson skating on a broken foot the whole time is just mind-blowing to me that they, hockey players are just so amazing, and that's, that's just amazing to me that he was able to do that, um, but we'll talk about him later. But um, that, was, that was shitty, you know? That was like, all right, well, you know, that's that's the Bruins. They you know they build you up and then they just like done. They're done. They just choke. Um, this season, I honestly, to my core, thought that we were going to go all the way. I thought we had the gas. I thought we had the the kid power. I thought the defense could have been you know the defense you can always do polishing on. The defense was not the best, but I felt that we had the manpower and the drive and just the talent to keep them going to the very end. And I think my personal opinion, and I've talked to a few of my friends about this and I might've mentioned it to you before. Um, that one play where Riley Nash, I can't remember what game it was. I think it was the second round when Riley Nash went to flip the puck up and it went out of bounds and they called it. I think that was the teetering end of all right now that one play got into their head and then it was kind of just like fell flat from there and then yeah they they won that series and then they went to the next one so it was a brand new start um but I think that that was a very pivotal play for that series and I just kind of think that they because he was not the same after that game and I I can't remember if he got hurt or not but um I don't know that that for some reason that play always stuck out to me and I'm, I'm like that kind of for me at least I was like that's where I kind of saw the change in their in their game I guess not yeah. to not to harp on that one thing but that's kind of where I saw the the teetering of like the the uh oh this doesn't look so great for them and then I was really hopeful with that that final series and I I really thought they had it and then they just it, it took me a while to get over it and I I'm still very upset about it but. I think they played. They played well. It's just I don't know what happens. It's like that that couple, um, those couple games. Or I guess it could have been the couple weeks of games where they would choke at the very end, or they would play like they wouldn't play two periods of hockey, and then they just played the third period, or they would play the first period and not play the second two right. periods. Right. And I'm like, guys, what are you doing? And I have no idea what. Um, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happens in the locker room. All I know is that whatever Bruce Cassidy says to them, for them to come back and win games like that, that man is just like, I, I like him a lot. I think he has definitely changed this team's dynamic and their, um, honestly, just their, like, not their demeanor, but their, you know, what they're focusing on. I think he's gotten in there and he's really made a staple and he set them, he has set them up for what they are now. And I think that's only getting better from here on out. I absolutely agree. And and that's why I really want to like for them just to be patient. I don't mind the moves that they did because they 
you know, they put the pieces together to get a competitive team going. You yeah, know, absolutely. and then then and when you're thinking about last season and a hundred and twelve point year after their crappy start, I mean, like I, I say this all the time, you know, the beginning of November, uh, that's when something woke somebody Tuka Rask got woken up because well, he was about he was to lose his freaking job. Yeah, right. Seriously. I mean, but he was what, the number one number one goalie of December, right? Yep. Or something like that? Yep. And then went on to like just just pretty much finish the year on top. Like And like, to all the Tuka haters out there, stop. Right. That's all I'm gonna say. Because you I mean, that I don't know what happened in the beginning of that season, but like you said, something definitely woke them up and you know, the end his, of the day, his job was on the line. Yeah, That's what, I mean, and I'm sorry, but it, it, me, you, anybody else listening to this freaking podcast, or any other hockey player that plays, if you're not playing and strong on a shift, you're not probably going to get another one. We we don't get opportunities in the free world like that. You know what I mean? No, so them, whatever happened with him, and then them bringing Anton in and starting Anton, I'm sure Tuco was like, oh shit, maybe I should start. Playing exactly. Better. This you guy, know, this guy could go on everyone. a run. This guy could go on a run, and I could be sitting here making $7 million on the bench watching. Exactly. But you know that's not going to happen because when you think about the business side of it, and the haters hate this, is you have you know you pretty much want to play that guy, get, you get value, keep him playing. Because if a player's not playing, they're not going to get any better. They're just going to get – it's you know it's like um, – I don't know. I can't think of a good uh, analogy or metaphor. But you know if you don't use something enough, it's not going to get – the whole point with Tuca too, especially, and even Anton, like, you know, he playing Anton, you could tell Anton's game very much improved over the, over the season. And well, it had to. Yeah, exactly. Cause they, and you know, for both of them, they're like, well, maybe I should play better because then, you know, if you play better, you keep your job and you make money and, you know, not to bring the money to be the forefront of everything. But at that point when you're making that much money, it kind of is, but you know, it's just, you got to, Tuka woke up, and I'm glad he did because I think he finished that season strongly. I think he did a pretty good job, and I think there was a couple games there at the in the finals that I wish Anton maybe would have started instead of Tuka. Um, but that's that's just my personal opinion. But I mean, I think I think what the Bruins finished with this last season is nothing to panic over. Um, yeah, it sucked, but I mean, you, you're gonna get bad before you're gonna get worse. Oh yeah, that was totally. <laughs> you gotta get bad before you can get better, and you gotta know where your, um, you know, where your faults are, because then that's the only way you're gonna get better is knowing what you're not doing well. And I think Sweeney um, has done a great job noticing that, and even just the additions of you know Charlie McAvoy and Ryan Donato, and even Jake DeBrusque. I I am a very big fan of Jake DeBrusque. I think. Same I don't here. think this was his year. Um, I think it was definitely his step, you know, his foot in the door. I think it was his, this is his step up to being what he could be. But I think he is so much more than what he was able to show this year, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, he's he's amazing. And I thought he had a great year. And he's just going to, you know, he's his sophomore year is going to be one to really pay attention to for me. Um, yeah, I don't want. Too, I don't want like, to buy into that sophomore jinx or anything like that. But no, I I, I just want to see to play good. That's all. Absolutely, and you got to think too. These these kids are still kids. You know, I mean, they have they have years ahead of them, and they they're in the they're not even in their prime yet. 
I mean, yeah, they're rookies, but that just makes them that much better. If they're playing at this level and they're only like 21, you know, they still got a solid, what, decade, if that, you know, if not more right. to, to hone their skill. And it's like, you know, I mean, look at Tyler Sagan when he was playing for the Bruins. People were just at an awe with him. He was, you know, a superstar, but he was still young, too. But now look what he's doing for the stars. Right. You know, so it's like um, I, I th- I'm really excited to see the Ryan Donatos and the Jake DeBrusque and what Charlie McAvoy have. And um, I, I will say, and people might get mad at me for this, so sorry. Um, uh, Danton Heinen, I kind of expected a little bit more from him. Um, you, you might see that this uh, the beginning of the season. I think I, yeah, I, I was talking about this on another show. Uh, I'm not sure which show it was, and I apologize. Uh, you know, it's Friday night. I'm not working, and I'm having some drinks, so I totally forgot. It's Fia's Bruins. Exactly, kid, you know? exactly. But um, I remember um, I mentioned about Joe McDonald. He works uh, works for the Athletic, and he's a, he's a good writer, former ESPN writer. And and he was in in one of his articles. He mentioned you know where people are gonna fit and so on. But what really interested me in the conversation in the discussion of, under the article, and this is the Athletic. I would highly suggest you guys freaking subscribe. This these guys are really good hockey writers. Um, but um, he suggested that Heining is going to probably get most the time in the uh, in the first line on the right side with Bergeron and Marchand. It. And I was just like, wow, you know, that's really interesting that they go back to that because the fact is that when they tried that experiment, was it two years ago? Yeah, two years yeah. ago, he had absolutely no points and no chemistry with those guys. But that's the thing. That's you gotta. You have to. Chemistry does not happen in one game or one season. You know. I mean, look at look at Bergie and Marchand. How long have they been playing together? And the, you know, they are they are so intertwined and interlocked with each it's other. So it's so sick on on that where they where they both see each other and feel each other out on a two hundred foot sheet. It's yeah. amazing. It's oh, absolutely it's, amazing. It's 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 you know not to bring the psychology part into it, but it's a huge deal. I mean, you know, that's part of the game too. And like even going back to the Tavares thing, you know, he has to also think about who he's going to be playing with. You know, you gotta you gotta think of that too. And like maybe he, you know, I'm sure you know he has friends on the Maple Leafs, and maybe he's like maybe he knows at that point, hey, I could really play well with these people. Or this guy, this one guy in particular, if he's my line mate and we can go and, you know, it's watching Bergie and Marshan play together. It is like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in uh, some uh, of these games. I'm willing to go out in the line and say that that scenario, the Bergeron and Marshan, you know, your image is probably going to be the um, Tavares, Mitch Marner image for uh, exactly. a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. You know what I mean? I back that 100% because yeah, that... Marner's a freaking great player. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 100% yes. And it's like, you know, um, who else was I going to say? I can't remember now. But, you know, just look at any of the top lines in hockey and the guys that are together have such a chemistry and such a dynamic with each other that it's just like, it, it looks seamless almost. And we won't go into the uh, my favorite of when they pass it and nobody's there. We won't, we won't talk about that. Oh, but yeah, I gotta love that. Oh, that's my favorite thing. I I wish they would do it more. You know, um, but it's no, like I, the dump and chase. We got to bring that back. 
bring what back? The dump and chase. Oh, my also a favorite. <laughs> just like it's it's insane, but you know it's and I think the I think the biggest thing is for all the young kids having that that veteran line of you know the Patrice Bergerons and the Martians, and especially for the defense and having Char someone like Chara being there and being able to like take you under their wing and be like listen this is how we play in Boston and then show them and then you can I mean if you go back and watch you know look at the like we were talking about earlier look at the first part of the season to the last end of the season you know it's just like it's changed so much even just seeing them and you can tell at the beginning the defense and Tuca there there were games when they were not there was no communication with them and on the games that we won, the really good games that we won, the communication was still a little rocky, but it was still there. You know, it doesn't take uh, it doesn't always take an offense to win a game. It takes just as much as a defense and a goalie. And if a goalie doesn't exactly. have in front of him protecting him, then there exactly. you can't you can only get so mad at him. Defense wins. Know? Defense wins championships in in, in any sport. Absolutely. But, you know, so I, I, I'm I'm curious. I, well, were you happy with the Chara extension for one year? I'm I'm for it. I I, I mean I was I was kind of like uh, you know I know the guys on the regular show and I know you probably because you're a faithful listener too would be like you know shouldn't really done it but I mean to me it's a good signing for the leadership role that he's going to do for like McAvoy for another year exactly you know but I don't really want to do this one more time. Yeah, it's, I think I'm just a little done with Zdeno Chara, and I appreciate it, but that roster spot, I, it's just got to be freed up. And that cap hit, if he signs, heard, if he signs another year, Anastasia, I don't believe it's going to go down any lower. I think that he, if he any year he gets is going to be right around that five million range. Well, because why would he play? I mean, and I, you know, Chara is who Chara is and he's a great guy off the ice and on the ice but you know it's why why would he play for less what's that gonna do for him right I mean you know that's not he's already making this much why you know you could be the you could be the the best person in the entire world and why would you why would you take less money than that like that just that to me on a business end of things just doesn't make sense because you're in you're in the National Hockey League you have this cap spot saved just for you. Why would you take any less? Right. You're not going to do that. And, and, like, and the fact that he's like really aggressively doing things outside of the organization that exactly. I believe he's preparing for, and that and that's ramped up. Like, like his his college stuff at Harvard that he was doing. I mean, those are those are all things that go on to his. You know his portfolio and so on, which is a very good, and also him being a, um, a full time agent uh, in the yeah. real re- realty. I yeah. think so. Yeah, that yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, he's I, also a dad. He's got how many kids? Oh yeah, he's got yeah. I mean, he's kids, he's, he's a father of uh, a few, and and yeah. you know, but I just see his activities outside of the organization picking up. So I think that he's getting ready to retire. I think so too. And you know, there were there were points in. Not even, not just this last season, but even the season before that, he is so tired, and you can tell that there are some games when he's. This was a long um, season for him. Oh, exactly, and you know there were there were points in that where I'm like, this this guy's out here doing all the work by himself. You know, I mean, 
they lost McQuaid for how many games? 31 games, I think. Yep. Which is a decent chunk of the season. And then, you know, you didn't have Carlo for a while. Um, and just in general, I mean, Chara is making up for all this lost time. And it's one thing for, like, a Charlie McAvoy to do that or a younger kid like Donato or, you know, um, Dan Hyman or even Carlo to do something like that. But for, for someone as seasoned as Chara, I mean – he's just tired and I I like I think there's two parts to it because it's like I I like the signing because I think it's going to add that one more year of that veteran leader status I mean Chara is the dad of the team and in a lack for a better word you know he is he is the one that is guiding all the new kids and even I mean you know even the some of the other guys too um respect the shit out of him so you know just having him on the team for that sense is just like I'm sure it helps immensely but at the same time I'd rather him just hang up the skates and just go even be a coach you know or even be like some sort of just voice to the team or trainer or something where he's still actively a part of the team just maybe not so much in the playing side of things and then like you said create that open cap space for somebody else to come in um that we can you know then just open it up so there's another so we can keep that youth movement going well, speaking of that youth movement, now here's my thing. This is and and one side is going to be okay because we we automatically have the year with Chara, no matter what. Mm-hmm. He's staying, but we also have one more year with Adam McQuaid. And yeah. wait, do we really? Yes. I thought he was done this year. No, he oh just made my day. One more season. So that really does two things for the Bruins organization. Okay. It does. Yep. What, what it does is it gives an, it gives Adam McQuaid one more year in Boston mm-hmm. and, and to showcase his skills, because I don't believe he's going to be here after next season. And I know you don't like hearing that. No, I would. I, I know you don't I, like hearing that. And I did not you. bring you on here to harp on my, cause <laughs> I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a McQuaid fan. You know, I'm not a McQuaid fan. <laughs> No, you're not. I, I respect Corey. him. I respect him for what he does and so on. But it's just there are players that you just need to move on from. And I think his his re-signing was a little unnecessary, even though it did make sense. You know, it, I'm not making sense about it, but it just I think his cap space was more valuable than his playing time or lack thereof because he's injured a lot. I love the heart that he gives. I really do, but I want that in an 82-game season. I know I'm asking a lot, and I don't play the sport. I'm just this beer-guzzling you know, hockey guy, but and I'm, I'm not saying that, um, that I'm ready for this uh, youth in, in insertion this quickly. And maybe that's why uh, a player like Chara and McQuaid are, you know, are going to be back. I know Chara is going to be here for another year because he resigned, but McQuaid is uh, contractually obligated to be here for another year. So this creates good things in the and down in the Providence Bruins with like Yakos uh, Borl and Jeremy Lawson. So those yeah. guys can get another year of development, and while well, you know the NHL Bruins have some sustainability with with two veteran defensemen, and then basically when they're gone. There's two free spots. Well, not free spots. I mean, everybody's going to challenge for everything. But, I mean, sooner or later, these prospects, the defensive prospects, like even Euro Vakaninen, I mean, Alex Anderson, watch out for that kid. That's Seriously, another yeah. big surprise. So, these, these, yeah, I mean, this, 
Go ahead, sorry. No, the, the players are just they're, they're knocking on the door in NHL careers. They need starts, and but it's that restricted free agency that um, that's looming when their entry level contracts are done, and then everybody's going to want to get paid, and it's going it's it's inevitable because I mean, look at next season. If you look at cap friendly, are you are you familiar with cap friendly? Vaguely, I don't. You can go into it a little bit if you want. Well, so I don't make a it, fool it, out of it's myself. a great tool. Anastasia, it's a great tool you should think about looking into on when it comes to contracts. It lays out very nicely on how long a player is around, how long his no movement or no trade clause, and they really break everything down that uh, a casual fan that wants to learn about contract structure. um, Definitely check it out. Uh, Catfriendly.com. They do an amazing job and, and pretty much... The the sports media world and social media world in the ho- in the hockey community are all pretty much on board with this because it's just, it's absolutely amazing. It's just well, yeah, like the NHL. Great tool to have. All yeah. right, that's perfect too. Because that's I mean it that's awesome. And, and thank you for that recommendation. No just because like I I know I've seen I've seen the you know the graphs and just people in general talking about it. So like I have a good idea of like cap space and like you know numbers and everything for that. But um, I'm a very I'm a visual person anyway, so something that breaks it down like that just helps me understand it more because you know I I watch the games obviously and then I you know I'll go to practices and I'll see who's doing what and who looks better than who um, and you know from you know numbers don't lie um, but also there's I I think that um, people can outseed their numbers uh, or exceed their numbers excuse me um, also. Um, but for something like that, that's cool for me, um, as a fan in my personal, um, experience of being a fan, just cause like, I don't, I'm not personally good with numbers. Like I've told you before, like I see stats and I understand the stats, but seeing something like that definitely helps me understand it more. So then I can go into a conversation and not just focus it on like what I saw in the game last night. Cause you know, I mean people have their off days and people have their good days and um, you can't base it all on one game or, you know, like well, this person, like the whole Tuca thing, like, you know, he didn't play well last night. That doesn't mean he sucks or that doesn't right. mean he's not good. I mean, all these guys are in the NHL, so they're obviously good at something. They got to that point. Well, um, you, you dealt with musicians a long time. So yeah. I, I, me a long time ago, I was a drummer okay. and, and I learned that when I was in a couple of thrash, uh, not, yeah, they were heavy metal thrash bands. Yeah, no I, way, that's exciting. I had, yeah, I had long hair down in my middle of my back, and I just uh, whipped it around like um, like Dave Grohl. I Please mean, tell me that you have your music somewhere in the in the universe that you can send me a we copy. We did of not. We did not record anything. No. We we were just a jam band when we went to like a couple of college places and and we played a lot of local parties. Pretty much in in our jam spot was a local party. Hey, that's, that's a whole another awesome. story in itself, I'll tell you. But um, that's another beer for another day. Exactly. But um, <laughs> no, I mean everybody blames shit on the drummer. So yeah, it, you it's know, true. there is isn't there that the thing drummer's in always tap? the blame. You know what I mean? So there's something in I'm, Spinal Tap, isn't there? When they're like, um, it's always the it drummer's is. fault. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, so but it's and, and you know what's weird is I'm a goaltender too. And I got that after thirty some odd years of playing goal, when you give up a bad one, damn, you know your, your teammates give it, it to you. 
Seriously, I was I was a goalie in um in field hockey when I played field hockey. So I, you know, I was going to ask you about that too because I saw the stick when it was um when I was creeping in your profile. Yeah, I uh, I played <laughs> I played a few seasons um when in high school and middle school I played a few seasons of field hockey and I was super. I'm still a tomboy, but I was like a super tomboy and I was like I don't want to wear the skirt and then they're like well the goalies don't wear a skirt and um. I've I've always had like knee issues and ankle issues, so I was like, well, if I'm a goalie, I won't necessarily have to like run all that much, so that would be great. So I was a goalie for a few seasons, and it's true. I mean, and just like as a, I mean, you know, because you're a goalie, so it's like if you let that if you let that puck or that ball pass you, it's like it's the, one of the worst feelings in the world. Not only did you let yourself down and your team down, but it's like that's the you are making the team lose well not you but you know what i mean like you're the last ditch effort there so it's like that's the worst feeling so i understand that you get the feeling that you you know you just can't do anything you're the last line of defense so you exactly it's like it's like being in the outfield and missing a missing a fly ball or something too you know it's the same type of that's that's your one job and you didn't do your one job so um yeah i was a field hockey goalie um my dad kept my stick, which I went home uh, when I first moved back here to get some stuff. And I saw that and uh, I was like, can, I was like, I'm going to take this back. This is awesome. It's, nice. it's like a multi-use tool now. Cause if anyone ever breaks into my house, it's right there. Yeah. Whack them um, right in the head. I know it. Nice. Um, but yeah, when the whole Humboldt thing happened, I was that, I mean, like we said at the beginning um, with the, with everything that happened with uh, Zach, which my heart goes out to his family and, um, I donated ten dollars, so that's all I can do now. But, um, you know, I'm thinking about you, Zach. Just a little shout out there. Um, cool. But with the whole thing that happened with Humble, we appreciate you know, that. That's pretty badass. No, you know, I that's that that gets me too, because like I mean, the the whole th- reason why I got into music in the first place was, um, and I tell everybody this because they always ask, and it's like you know, if you next time you go to a show, look at the person in the crowd that has just absolute bliss on their face and that's they're there for that show like they're there to just completely you forget about your problems you forget about shit at work shit at home everything and you know you were there to just live in that moment of just happiness and it's just like music does a huge thing to you and like that's hockey for a lot of people too I mean you know all these kids playing hockey like that that just kills me that you know he has him and his family and the fact that he right now they're saying that he'll never be able to play again that's awful so my heart goes out to him but the thing with Humboldt when the Humboldt tragedy happened my all my cousins played hockey and I mean I, I grew up watching them play hockey and go to their games and that was just like those could have you know that could have been my cousins that could have been you know my friends and for for that it's just like hockey's such a big thing and like hockey and music are like two very big important parts of my life so like the fact that um I didn't have I didn't have a hockey stick on me so being able to put my field hockey stick as some sort of you know show of support and then that was I I had to you know and I'm glad I was able to do that and the I don't know do you know the guys in um do you know Violent Gentlemen the clothing company I don't okay so you should know I'm doing a little uh a little bit here so Shout out to the guys in Violent Gentlemen because they are a hockey-based clothing company. Um, they're actually, I think they're based in California, but they they have, um, I was wearing it earlier actually, they have 
a shirt that says enforce for every hockey team. So that they have like an enforced Boston shirt, um, but they have one for every team. It's violentgentleman.com, and they're also on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So if you're not following them, everyone, go check them out. But um, I've gotten multiple things from them. I have a, a sticker on my car, actually, that says Make Hockey Violent Again, <laughs> um, which is one of my favorite things. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so, no, they're great if you, if you haven't um, checked them out. But they did a huge thing for the Humboldt tragedy when that happened, and they – all the hundred percent of the proceeds went to went to Humboldt, the team and their family. So that was really awesome. But um, yeah, if you're in for really good like hockey based clothing and just like badasses that love hockey, check them out because they're great. But um, but yeah, so that's my little my side bit there. But yeah, the the Humboldt thing hit hit us pretty hard. Um, uh, one of our team writers, uh, Max Mainville, uh, wrote a really cool article, and I gave him the opportunity to do that because he lives. I think it was only like 50 miles away from the the, tra- oh, yeah. the tragic accident. So, and yeah, he he did a great job on that. So, and and we also uh, donated money in the name of our team, our our 20 writers and four podcasters, and we made a donation. So, and you know, we just we try to do be the best people that we can be. We're hockey fans. We're a hockey community. Um, we're Bruins fam, and you know. There's yes. no point in, you know, we're all, we're all in the same place in the same thing for the same reason. You know, we're all in this together and there's enough bad in the world that it doesn't hurt to do a little bit of good. So, I mean, you know how I feel about you guys doing all that stuff. And I just, I just think it's awesome that you guys, you know, you have the platform it's, you know, yeah. to be able to do that stuff. So it's really cool of you to do that. So as from a fan side of things, I, I thank you for that. But um, yeah, like you said, it's, it's a community and, you know, we're we're all in it for the hockey at the end of the day, and it doesn't matter what team you stand behind. And um, you can chirp all you want, but at, at the end of the day, it's for the love of the game and the love of the the guys playing it. And uh, does like I said, doesn't hurt to do a little bit of good. So it's you know stuff like that. It's like that's when real life happens, and you know life's short. So um. No. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, Patrice Bergeron uh, could break the 1,000-game threshold uh, this upcoming season and is 555 games away from tying Ray Bork for the franchise's all-time record in games. Do you think he's going to do it? Uh, I know that he's going to break 1,000. Absolutely. I think he'll do that this year. Um, He's got 963 right now, so... I, I believe that's going to happen. This guy's a tank. He does everything. And uh, Talk about a solid hockey player. What just a warrior. Like no, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Berger, Bergeron's a, just a, such a class act, and I, I, I've had the opportunity to talk to him at least uh, twice. I, I look forward to talking to him more, but um, he's just been a real class act. And everybody that has had the opportunity to go in the locker room in a professional manner have all told me that he's he's the guy you want to gravitate to. If you want to get to a guy first, head right to him in the media scrum because it makes you feel welcome. You know, oh, yeah. so he's just a, one of those types of people. Um, the whole Ray Bork thing. Ray Bork's got uh, fifteen hundred and and somewhat in change, so he's definitely leading the way. I I just hope that Bergeron can can do that. I know he's if a not, fighter. At least get close, you know. I mean, he's just and he. The thing with Bergeron, he 
he and it's himself, he's just got such a legacy in Boston anyway that, like, he doesn't, I mean, it would be, yeah, it'd be cool for the numbers and, like, the record and everything, but he's just got such a legacy here that no matter, no matter how he ends up, he's, like, he is, he is a solid foundation of what the Bruins are today. And that's been back since before they won the Stanley Cup in 2011. So, you know, that's, if that's not something in it, and that I don't know what, what you could, else you could say about him because he's just like you said, he's a class act. He's he's the kind of guy you want on your team and on your side for anything. So I'm I'm happy that he is a Bruin. I I couldn't I couldn't imagine the Bruins without him. To be honest, um, <laughs> this is gonna be a Beers and Bruins first. All right, um. Anastasia, would you mind providing the elevator music while I go and get like uh, two or three beers? Yeah, let me. Uh, did you run out of beers already? I did. Have we been talking that long? I did. That I am very excited. I'm trying to find a song to play that is going to be enough. And my Spotify is letting me down. Let's see what we got. All right, keep working. I'm going. All right. All right. What the hell was that? It was Kill Switch Engage. Nice. That was the first thing that came. <laughs> I was like, "This is this is Worcester based band, right? So yeah. it's all good. It's perfect." Worcester's awesome. I, I guess. <laughs> Some parts of it are awesome. No offense to everybody, anyone that lives in Worcester. I lived there, so I can say that. And you've been everywhere, huh? A little bit. Just I have. I haven't lived on the west coast yet that's the next nice where are you going seattle i love seattle and i really hope they get a hockey team because i will a hundred percent get a, a shirt from them talk about expansion do you do, do you like it you so, like the idea of, say, of the league getting better or i think it's nice i mean honestly look at vegas this year how freaking awesome was that oh, that, was, that was just what a story you know I was really pulling for the Caps just because I wanted Ovechkin to get the cup, and I'm really glad he got the cup because, I. first of all, side note, I don't think we would have had any greater content if anybody else had won the cup than Alexander Ovechkin with the Stanley Cup. Right. And wow. um, I just I, that that was just a great added on there. But um, I think it would have been awesome for Vegas to win. It would have been like, a, you know, a fairy tale season, as a lot of people said. Um, but the expansion excites me. Um, I was a little stressed out last year at the expansion draft because I really didn't want to lose Adam McQuaid because I am biased and love him. But besides the point, and look what Colin Miller did. Colin Miller had such a great season in Vegas. Yep. And I think that it's, um, I think expansion is good because it allows that player, like, the Colin Miller or the James Neal who played in Nashville and James Neal was good in Nashville and the Mark Andre flurries. It allows them to go and start brand new on this new team and just really show what they're made of. And like that entire Vegas team, you have William Carlson, you have, like I said before, flurry Neal and Colin Miller, like they all made their own staple and they were able to create, what they accomplished in Vegas. And I think that was just, they didn't go all the way, but they did a hell of a lot more than a lot of people thought they would. And I think, I mean, I have, I have all the love for hockey. So give me all the hockey I can get. I will take all the teams. So, I mean, 
I think it'd be cool for, you know, somewhere other than California to have a team. I think the West Coast definitely, I think Seattle would be a great spot for it. I like the hockey market in Seattle, honestly, Anastasia. Seriously, I, when I went and out a, there... A lot of people were like, what are you talking about, Mark? There's, there's nothing. I mean, there's no geolo- I mean, geographical... No, they are dying. It's like, what are you talking about? The Western are- Hockey League is a great, uh, you know, amateur... Pro- uh, I'm sorry. It's a um, major junior program. It's, it's a great major junior program, actually. And, you know, they are itching. They are dying for a hockey team out there. I mean, I was going to make a joke before about living so close to Atlanta and not having the... Was it the Thrashers there anymore when they went to the, be the Flames? Because um, I actually had people that were... That I was... Um, talking to down there that were old enough to remember the first Thrasher season. And they were like, yeah, they were here for a hot minute. And then they up and left to Calgary. And I was like, well, not everyone wants to stay in Atlanta either. Um, Cause you know, there's really no, there wasn't a market in Atlanta for a hockey team, but I think somewhere like Seattle, Portland's a little too small, but I think somewhere like Seattle would be such an that would be such a first of all Seattle's a fun city if you haven't been there I highly suggest going to Seattle never been there I've never been on the west coast but I have been north of Seattle I've actually I actually went to Vancouver and Vancouver Island really I'm jealous I I took a train from the uh Atlantic Ocean in Canada up in uh the Labrador area all the way across Canada. Did a little Canadian tour. Right out of high school. Two weeks. Is that the same um, trip you were talking about last time where you went to all the stadium or all the arenas rather around to go to all the hockey games too? I did. All right. That's, I was, I was listening to that one before and I was like, well, that was cool. I wish I had done something cool like that. That was, a, that was an amazing trip it, with, with an amazing seriously. person and um, fortunately no longer with us, but um it was it was awesome it was yeah uh, that's that's the dream you know that's i know you you hear a lot about the people that um i hear more so in baseball i guess but a lot of people that try and go to all the different baseball parks and a lot of them are historic uh my friend's actually doing that um but you know to do that with hockey that's just like hockey's just such an exciting sport like i said before you don't you don't have to love the team that you're going to see just being at the game i mean it could be the two worst teams. It could be junior league. It could be, you know, um, I know you love the Providence Bruins, you know, or it could be like, I went to a bunch of Worcester uh, Ice Cats games back in the day. That was really my, that was St. my St. Louis affiliate game. back in the day. Um, I don't remember. All I remember yeah, was, I think it was, it Saint, was St. Louis and I the think Islanders. It was Saint, yeah, I think that's what it was. Cause it was, all I remember is that it was um, the Ice Cats and I just loved loved the fact that we had it so close. And then um, when I was in Tennessee, I went to a few um, Knoxville Ice Bears games. Is that is that I, the SPHL? I think so. I don't quote me on that. I really don't know. It might um, be. That sounds familiar, but I'm not going to say yes and be wrong. Um, but, like, either way, like, hockey's just hockey, so it's it's great either, you know, wherever you are and i think somewhere like seattle seattle is just such a i went there i've only been there once um i've been to the west coast i think three times now um my friend i mentioned before lives in portland and i went to visit her and the second time i was out there seeing her i begged her to go see seattle i'm a huge nirvana fan um and i was just like can we just go i just want to go see where 
Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all those bands like started and also a fan of Starbucks. So I did go to the first Starbucks <laughs> store because I had to. Nice. Uh, but my, my dad lived in Seattle when he was younger and he had just always talked about how much he loved it. So I got to go out there and it was it was awesome. Like, man, they have, you know, they have the Seahawks, they have Mariners. And I was just like, why don't they have hockey? It would just be, it's such a cool, it's so close to, um, like Portland's only a three hour drive away. Um, and then you got Vancouver, like right, you know, I don't know how far Vancouver is from it, but you know, you got Vancouver there too. It's, it's geologically close. Exactly. So, you know, geographically, oh my God, I'm so bad with names. I knew, I knew what you were saying. Thank you. Like, like ge- geologically, and yeah. I'm like, there's rocks. Yes. Oh yeah, Vancouver's um, very rocky. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's like it's like um, it's like here too, because it's like you know, you got Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, yep. Connecticut. You know, people come from all over, and it's just I I think that'd be so exciting for them to have a hockey team out there. I think it's gonna take a little bit to make it work, but I think once it happens, because I think it's definitely down the pipeline there. I think the Port- Portland Oregon market is really good too because they got the win- they got the Western Hockey League's Winter Hawks there. Yes, and they, they also do. got the uh, Seattle Thunderbirds. Yep, I so. think my uh, my friend's been to. She always tells me she goes. She's been to a few games. That was actually her first game. I think was the the Thunderbirds. Nice. Um, yeah. So because nice. she was like freaking out because she's like, oh my god, I'm actually going to a hockey game. I'm like, there's hockey in Portland. Right. <laughs> and she, um, you know, was just freaking out about it. So I think that hey, there's hockey in Australia. I mean, the hockey should just be everywhere. And I watch it's, that. I watch that every weekend, by the way. Australian hockey? It's it's the Australian... Um, it's the AIHL. It's the Australian Ice Hockey League. The, I have to broaden my head. And eyes. believe it or not, it's it's not bad hockey. Um, I had, Is any hockey bad hockey? Well, some people think it's bad hockey, but whatever. Well, I think it's great hockey. And from, a, and from April to August, I think it's great hockey because if it... Cures my fix of you know, watching say, live games, so I, I appreciate it. You asked me about my fix before. I was going to ask you eventually what your fix was, and I did not know that Australian hockey had hockey in the off season. So that's a game changer, right there. Well, it's it's their winter. That's true. That so, is very true. So their their ranks, uh, um, obviously. I mean, obviously, it's still warm, mm-hmm. but you know their ranks are better facilitated by. They're a little cooler weather and so on. I mean, the um, the NHL season in general and hockey here is like, the season is like long enough as it is, which I'm so thankful that it's that long. I mean, it goes from September to June for the most part, even if your team's not playing. So like that in itself is like, that gets me super stoked because it's like, you know, more than half the year. Um, but... I did not know about the Australian Hockey League. I'm going to have to check that out because that's that's awesome. Yeah, actually, I'm watching um, the summer series right now on the NHL Network, uh, Canada and Sweden. So there's, there's, there's a ton of hockey out there for people to watch. It's and just it, such a great sport. It's, all, <laughs> it's just it's got a, everything. It is. It's amazing. And you got, you know, it's... Uh, it's entertaining too. I'm, I'm really, I'm really actually kind of interested in... Um, to change it back to like trading stuff. Um, I'm really interested in the Eric Carlson situation because it was, it was hyped up for like, it's still hyped up, but it, you know, everyone kind of freaked out in the initial like last couple weeks. And then it's just kind of been a standstill. 
and it's been very quiet. I think it's going to be one of those situations that Eric's looking for the right place to go. Um, and then uh, whether he's working with his agent or the Ottawa senators, which I believe they don't have any contact, but even if they, what happens behind closed door, no, nobody knows, but exactly. Um, I, I think that he wants to talk to people and think he wants to explore the options, but sooner or later, I just have a bad feeling. He's going to be like, you know what? I'm resigning. I you mean, know, to hype it all up. Not to get too much into like drama and stuff, but there was that whole thing with um, one of his something with his his now wife um, and the teammates. Yeah, he, Hoffman's gone. Hoffman like that. Hoffman went to uh, the Florida Panthers, so he's out. I wonder though if it's anything to do with any other players on the team that maybe kind of turned him off from re-signing. Not to get into the drama side of things, but. I just I'm interested and excited because I think as a player I think he's great. I know he's older and I know he's kind of on that tail end of you know dealing with the the foot injury um, that he's had multiple times now, and I'm just interested to see where he goes because I think I think he's got got some juice left in him. So it'll be exciting to see that because. He's he is one of my out from outside the Bruins. He's one of my favorites in hockey right now. He's just fun to watch. Do you think he, Do you think the Bruins would explore for him, or is he too much? There's not a spot for him. Yeah, I there's mean, there's not a spot, and there's not enough money either. I'm gonna go with the oh my god! I would love Eric Carlson to play for the Bruins, but at the same time, logically thinking, there's no spot for him. I mean, we have you know you got all the the kids on the team. And I, you got to think of the long run in the business side of it too. You got to think of the, um, the expansion of it. You know, you got to think of where your team's going in five years from now, not what's happening this next season. Like, right. yeah, it'd be cool to get a Stanley Cup now, but I'd rather take a few Stanley Cups in the next couple of years than just one now and then have a drought for another ten years. You for, know, for me, honestly, and and I'm not trying to be a, a douche to any Bruins fans out there that believe this but going into september and october rah rah cup we're gonna get it it's like it's just it's very it's it's very vague to me you know what i mean it's like you can't go into expectations like that even though that these the players are all that's their goal mm-hmm. but in, in our management side of the situation it's like they're like no it's not we see a window not right now there's a, see players have expectations Management have windows. Mm-hmm. So I see Don Sweeney saying, we have a two to five year window. Which makes sense. And I would expect that. It I absolutely mean, does. I will say going into last season, I was one of those people, as I've said before, I was like, I, if not the cup, I was, I was expecting us to do what we did, to be honest, because I thought we had what it took. And, you know, we did get off to a little bit of a rocky start there, but I think we picked it up when we needed to and then, you know, juggled the ball a little bit, kind of let it fall to the wayside a couple times. But I think, honestly, that our team had the ability to win and we just lost the gas. And, you know, it sucks. But but I'm not going to go into the season being like, well, if we don't get a cup, then what's the point? Because that's, that's not how sports is. You know, that's not it, – it, and it's with, it, with every sport. It's with every team. Like you said, you don't go into a season thinking, well, this is this is what we're going to do. I mean, not not to um, flip sports 
too quickly, but like it's like look at the Patriots last year. It, you got so cocky about winning the Super Bowl, and then look what happened. <laughs> you know, it's like, and at that point, people were like, oh, yeah, we got it. It's fine. And then we didn't get it, and it wasn't fine. So it's like going into the season, going like, oh, yeah, we're definitely getting a sport. Expectations are so high. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm definitely I'm definitely hopeful. That's a good word to put. Um, I'm always hopeful with them because there's always there's always room for that opportunity to get there. But I'd rather them take a few years and rebuild. That's what rebuilding years are for. You know, right. I'd rather have them do that and then have a solid team for a little bit for, you know, for a while rather than having a solid team now and then not having a solid team for the next however many years and then doing the whole cycle all over again. And that's the goal of every management team. You know, they want to they want to have a solid team and there's, you know, there's certain uh things you got to do and things you don't got to do and um I the thing at the end of the day too is that Don Sweeney and the front end management and front office and all them, they know what they're doing. They've been doing it from the player side, they've done it from the management side. They've been doing it for longer, you know, than any of us have. So they know what they're doing in that in that aspect of it. We might not like everything that they do or that they decide on doing, but for a point, you know, at some point there's a reason in what they're doing or hopefully there's a reason for what they want to do. Um, so you, it's hard, but sometimes you just got to trust in the system and then let it kind of play out. And right now I'm just kind of in that like thing. I'm still coming off of that. Like we did, we really did really good last year. Like I know it yeah. might not feel like that cause we lost, but we oh, it felt, did a it solid, felt, like we it had, felt really positive to me. I, I'm exactly very we were number one in the, in the, um, you know, we were number one for a while yeah. and then Tampa Bay just happened to be Tampa Bay and, um, that happens, but that's nothing to be like, Oh, well the Bruins suck cause they lost. Like they didn't, they were a solid team for a very long time and nobody expected that to happen. And that's kind of what you have to keep in the foreground is like that they have that solid building block now. Like, yeah, we lost players like Riley Nash and Tim Schaller and Anton Hudobin, but that makes more space for newer players to come in. And that's what, uh, you know, management's doing is they're making that room and saying, okay, hey, this is, it's not going to be so great at first, but you got to have these players. And then a lot of them are still young too. So they're, they're learning the game. They're learning how to play on a team like this. It's like, look at Ryan Donato came from playing in college. It's a totally different dynamic from going college Olympics and then NHL, you know, like those three things. And so quickly mm. and for and- him to, for him to be versatile and adapt, he is a, that adapt adaption or adaptation for him is just like, that's insane to think about. Yes. That was like, what, Small sample punch? size though. Exactly. I'm I'm so, looking forward to seeing him in October and really take a grasp of a roster spot. I I, you know, because he's he's earned it, and you know he he came out and he showed what he's capable of, and he did it. And I think there's nothing but excitement uh, when I think about that that part of it. I'm excited for him and DeBrusque and Charlie McAvoy, Danton Heinen, like all of them. I think it's a solid start, and with the veterans that they have, I think there couldn't have been a better group of guys to be your veterans. Right. So for you know? me, Anastasia, for me, it's like the worst first mentality. It's like, uh, if Jake DeBrus didn't do as well last season, everybody would have called him the worst and the bust. 
Like exactly. he's a draft bust and all. What a crappy guy. Now, now if 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 Donato comes out and does like you know thirty goals and f- you know fifty assists, eighty point year, right? Mm-hmm. All the all the people that pin their tweets and so on are all going to be loving them and so on and this and that. The ones that hyped them all up. Those are called Fairweather fans. But the ones that also that, that, that said so, something and then they're going to shit on him because he didn't get meet their expectations after the exactly. first year. After his first year, he's still in a rookie's status. He is how old? He is... <laughs> and, and fans are, are probably going to rip him because, oh, what the hell's going on? What You know, it's like... We spent this much money on him and he's not doing it. You know, like, I mean, and that's 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 just part of what you have to expect, unfortunately. And I mean, yeah, people have bad games, guys get over it. Yeah, you know, struggle. like they get, they have yeah. bad seasons. I would like to see half of them go out there on the ice and do what Ryan Donato does. Please show me and prove me wrong. Jesus. But you know, like I wish I could <laughs> I, same. Okay. I wish I could actually escape without having to, uh, not fall every couple feet because i cannot skate for shit well i can Um, i can skate but i'm not very like good at i guess crashing the net because when i crash i crash hard and (laughs) my goal in life is just to learn how to hockey stop so hopefully one day (laughs) that happens (laughs) i've gotten better i will say i can actually not fall anymore so I'm, i'm happy about that but you know i mean that's just that's just people and people are dumb sometimes but you can't harp on things like that because like like we said like he is in the he is a baby bruin he is just getting his his skates on the ice and he's you know you got to think about the mental game too i mean he is going like i said he's going from the college level of it to the nhl i mean that in itself is i don't know what kind of jump that is but i'm assuming it's a pretty decent sized jump of just you know, um, expectations and energy and everything. And I can only imagine like what, what goes through your mind in that transition of like from playing college hockey to playing, you know, in the NHL, you're playing with people like, you know, like the Sedin brothers, you're playing with legends, you know, and you got Ryan Donato who is, honestly playing his heart out and trying I'm sure trying his hardest and he's still making waves and he's doing what they wanted him to do and there's just I'm just so excited to see what he can do because there's just it's just up from here yeah he might have a few rocky starts but I think he's he's gonna be I think he's gonna be a solid um addition to that team and I'm just I'm just stoked to see the 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 youth movement and action next season and speaking of next season and, and and to close our, our our conversation and again unbelievable thank you so much for the time. No, oh, I'm I'm honored. Um, I'm curious about the the moves that the Toronto Maple Leafs made, the moves that the um, Tampa Bay Lightning made. So the the division is has obviously gotten better in el- elsewhere outside of Boston. Are you? worried about the upcoming season and how they'll play and and that confidence level of other teams uh being better and the Bruins just standing pat I mean I'm not saying they're going to be better teams on paper they look better because they have mm-hmm. an explosive lineup I mean Tampa Bay is like unbelievable with the Kucherovs and and the and the points and 
you know, Hedman and, and I can go on and on. Have the Bruins done enough or are they doing the right thing, Stan and Pat, to, to you know, be competitive in a, in, a, in a division with the teams that are seemingly getting better? I think, I honestly think they were a little quiet. Um, I know they, they got John Moore, which is um, exciting in itself. And I know a lot of people might not know who he is. Um, but I think we'll, we'll see pretty cool stuff from him. Um, you can't get too far into like, yeah, they look good on paper, but I think if you get too much into your head about it and psych yourself out, that's not, you know, it's not the way to be. And like, you never know. I mean, this could, this next couple seasons could be our rebuilding years. I mean, Don Sweeney has said that. And even Bruce Cassidy has kind of alluded to that too. I mean, you can't. You gotta you gotta take it as it comes, and the best the best thing is is getting I think part of it is getting that chemistry down, and we we have a solid group of guys with a lot of talent, and I think it's just finding where they fit into our team and our roster, you know, because Jake DeBrusque and Ryan Donato they can have standout years this year, you know, I mean, hoping so. I'm same. I'm hoping I'm not jinxing that. I'm knocking on wood right now, but you know, it's, I'm writing this down actually. <laughs> it's just like. I just hope that the chemistry of the team stays to the point of like, look at, you know, the Patrice Bergeron and Marchand. If everybody on that team can get on that same level to some capacity and just, it just not, no team is ever going to be seamless, but just, I wouldn't be too scared, but it's definitely like noted, you know, it's like Tampa Bay right now looks stacked. And the Maple Leafs, especially with the signing of Tavares, look stacked. But you you got to get past that, like, yeah, they look great on paper. Because, you know, Tavares can go out and not have a great season. You never know. I mean, he could, you know, he could get hurt the first game. Right. And then and then their teams are shot for the, the rest of the year. You just can't, I mean, like I went to this, this past season, you know, I, we didn't expect Carlo... McQuaid and you know even Bacchus was out for a couple weeks we didn't to be expect so important to exactly yeah you know I mean not to keep bringing up McQuaid but he he was you out 31 it. games I do love him but he was <laughs> out 31 games and that's that is a that is a chunk yeah. of and like he might not be the best you know in what he should be but talk about a player that plays with more heart and just like I mean, I don't see anybody else blocking shots with their body, you know, yeah. after they've it's broken a, the, their leg. You know a, what I mean? Anastasia, like, they're just... a dying breed, honestly. There's a Seriously, lot of, there's... I mean, that's the... Goaltenders want to see everything now. They don't exactly. want to be blocked. And I, I understand that, too. Because then, they, like... then they're not accountable after that. No, they're not. That's <laughs> true. That's a very good point. But, you know, it's just like that. It's like you, you need you need that, that level of um, heart on a team, too. And it's just like you never know what can happen. And... Um, I'm looking at this next season as like, if we do great, then great. But if we do bad, it's not the end of the world because. Well, that's what we want to ask you. I mean, I mean, better. The start of the year, um, you know, if they if they kind of mirror what happened in 2017-18 for the first month and a and a week of a season, you know, are you going to be? Well, let's see what happens because. They have gotten better. Well, they you know they didn't get any better last year. They didn't make any moves, and they had a 112 season. So, 
let's see what exactly. let's get you some know, consistency you can't have here too much you can have i mean i like i said before i've definitely went into last season thinking they were going to do decent after the after the season before that i was kind of like wow we're not you know it's probably going to be whatever but they solidified their lineup pretty early on and they had those people and i just think that you know you can't go in thinking too much because if you do then you're just going to be let down if they don't do well um I'm just excited for it. I'm excited for the the kids. I'm excited for, you know, having Chara back one more year. And I know we touched upon that, but um, this team is just an exciting team. And if, you know, the last, the playoffs this past season were just so exciting to watch. Like that was some of the best hockey I've seen in a while. I just and, like beating Toronto. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's just talk about Toronto for a second and how beautiful that was. Yeah. And I feel bad for Court for living all the way up in Toronto because... Oh, he was loving it. We were I know he him. was. I'm sure he was. I, I should have got him that shirt, but it wouldn't have gotten to him in time. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just... Uh, it was great. And that that's exciting hockey. You know, you want to see that. And I, I think the Bruins definitely um, beat people some people's expectations this season. And I think that, you know, if we just keep an open mind about the season, not to get too you know, like that. But I think, I think they're an exciting team. I think there's um, good stuff to come of it. So I'm, I'm very excited for, for next season. What do, what do you think about like possibly Toronto is now our biggest rival? Do, I mean, um, I mean, you've grown up on the whole Montreal Canadians and Boston. I was Berlin. actually a little let down about the Canadians this year. I was like, that was not as hyped up as I remember it being. So I don't, I don't know if it's cause, um, PK's not with them anymore. Yeah, or that what. was a big but, loss. But um, you know, I don't know. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Bruins rivalry is a very exciting, fresh twist, and I'm I'm kind of stoked on it. I yeah. love a good rivalry. Um, being from Boston, we have plenty of them. You know, um, I'm a fan of hockey fights too, and I think that's partially why I love the David Backuses and the McQuaids of hockey, but well, I mean, let me, let me plug something for you. Plug it. You should, you should listen to, uh, the fourth line voice. All at, right. At the fourth line voice on Twitter. And you can get them on, um, um, Apple iTunes or app, sorry, Apple podcast. And also follow the biscuit podcast. I think I follow the Biscuit podcast yeah, already. Yeah, some. William's awesome. Yeah, Shout fo- out. follow hey. him. Yeah, those guys are advocates for the fighting. They do a lot of the, um, uh, like you know how the, you know basketball does the bracket and NCAA. Yeah, these guys do the uh, the fight the fighters. They put Cam Neely against Claude Lemieux. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's great. You vote on it, and and he does the whole bracket and everything. It's it's amazing. So. There's just nothing like an old, you know, a good old school I, Boston I, beatdown. And I had to put Boston beatdown in there because that's my favorite hashtag ever. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the beatdown. Actually, that came, <laughs> the whole uh, beat, Boston beatdown thing came from my boy Ryan that I work with. I work Did with it? it? Because I thought I, thought I started oh, this, that yeah, when I was in Chattanooga. This, no, this goes back to, well, for us anyway. For us, it goes back to 2005. Um, okay, that's a little. That's a little he's further. Just like, back yeah, I'm going to a show. Boston beat down. You know, just like you know, that's it. 
I, get, get I fucked like, up and fuck some people up. <laughs> it, that's the way to be, though. I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> honestly, there's nothing like a good mosh pit at a show. Let me tell you. Yeah, but well, it's just um. I, I'm 42 I years that. old now, so I don't do that stuff. I, I can do it, but listen, <laughs> I want. I still want to go home and go back. You know, go to work the next day. <laughs> I mean, same to be honest, because I mean, I will be 28 in December, and I I can't hang at some shows. I did go to the. <laughs> I went. They had the final warp tour this year. For any warp tour fans out there, I went to the last one and I moshed for about five minutes, and I my body was in pain the next day. And I'm like, I am not 14 years old anymore. This yeah. is a real thing. <laughs> and even just head banging, even if you're just moving your head too fast, it's just like my neck hurts. Why does my neck hurt? Did I sleep on it wrong? No, it's because I head banged yesterday. Uh, so, but, so you've been to a couple warp tours. I have. Do you, yes. remember, do you remember the band Rise Against? Um, they just played at the Palladium. Yeah. This past um, week, I was I was gonna go and I didn't get to go. He's he's not one of my friends, but he's he's a family member's um best friend. No way. That's but awesome. um, uh, Chris Chassie, he's from Amesbury, and this is this is where I live. So the no the shit. original guitarist, Chris Chassie, uh, from the band Rise Against, is from my hometown, and, and I do and like friends Rise with my brother. Against. So. Yeah, they just they just played at the Palladium, I think, this past Tuesday. I, think. I don't think he's with the band anymore. I'm not yeah. sure. They were on like their uh I don't think they've toured in a while, but they yeah, they were just touring. Um so that was ex- I didn't get to go. I w- had to work, but it was uh pretty cool. But yes, I uh I am a um a warped a warped warped tour person. Nice. Absolutely. But they just they just uh wrapped the tour up um this year so that's a little bittersweet but um and violent gentleman actually was on i think they went to a date in california because they're based out of california and a lot of the bands i listen to rep um violent gentlemen so that's also kind of cool because a lot of the bands i listen to are into hockey um jake lurs from um august burns red is actually a huge bruins fan nice yeah, so um, it's nice because I'll I'll see him on Instagram and he's always watching the games and I was like that a boy, <laughs> that a boy rep them rep them. They were he was going ape shit when they beat the um, Toronto, so that was fun to see. You gotta send me but, you gotta send me that info so I can follow. I will. I'll tag you in the posts on uh, Twitter because they're they're fun. Actually, one of the guys I think I don't know if he is. He's some part of it, but he plays in um, Every Time I Die. He's the guitarist from Every Time I Die. Andy is his name, I believe. So he's he's pretty cool. He's also into like the the wrestling and stuff. So nice. Um, yeah, but you know, not to get too off track here. Um, We've gone everywhere tonight. Oh, you know, I'm I'm just I'm all about everything. So. No, it's cool. I mean, it's the it's the Bruins off season. We we've been talking hockey. For seventy five percent of the time, so yeah, you know, absolutely. it's been. We it's, can talk hockey and show hockey and shows and beer are like my my three favorite things. So I can talk about it all day. Nice. By the way, we didn't say what we were drinking. Oh, I did that not. We, we did I did it. not. I am I am still on my my favorite summer drink. It's the Sam Adams Porch Rocker. The Porch Rocker is good. I almost bought that today, but I was like, he's gonna be drinking it, so I have to get some. <laughs> nice. Um, I've actually had a few different ones tonight. I have I both UFO. Did but, I hear you um, open a bottle? I did. I opened. I'm good, huh? Three. I opened a can <laughs> and then I opened two bottles. But um. All right, I wait, have what three. are you rolling with? So I love a good shandy. 
um, especially in the summer when it's hot. And then um, I lost power earlier, so I was sipping on that because the AC went out, and that was not fun. Um, but I have the UFO Pink Lemonade Shandy. Ooh, I haven't had UFO in a long time. I hadn't either because living in Chattanooga, I was drinking Terrapin all the time because they had a Gose because I'm a huge fan of sours. Oh, um, nice. They have a, we can't get it up here, but Terrapin has a great watermelon sour Gose. Really? Um, it's like a watermelon warhead. I, I personally love it. Nice. Um, but I'm drinking the summer, uh, the pink lemonade Shandy from UFO. And then I also had a, the can I cracked open earlier was their pineapple beer. Um, so just a little fruity action over here. Cool. You That's know. awesome. Yeah. So it's wow. a nice, nice hot night to drink a nice fruity, <laughs> you know, cold, refreshing citrusy beer, which I'm all about. And I can't wait for October so I can have my pumpkin beers because those are my favorite. Absolutely. Hey, you know what I want to ask you to before I, before we uh, end this whole thing? That yes. first Bruins game that you went to, mm-hmm. was that courtesy of a friend of ours? I don't remember. No, I don't think so. You Maybe. didn't go to one of the games that I suggested that. No, because um... I couldn't because we had the really big snowstorm. Oh, okay. All right. Because you did, yeah. So you did message me because I went to the Bruins home opener this year, and then I went to um, another game. I went to the home opener. I went to the the game where Adam McQuaid broke his leg, and then I went to the end the last game of the season. Okay. Before the cup, um, before the finals, but. No, I was supposed to go, and I was literally two seconds away from going, and I couldn't get out of my driveway because they hadn't plowed the street yet, so I couldn't go. But shout out to him because he was awesome, and I so appreciate him offering those tickets up. Yeah, he's a great guy and and part owner of, uh, um, oh, my God, Guilford's Ice Cream. I think I said that right. No shit, really? Yeah. The power play fudge is amazing. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, the power play fudge is pretty good. Those it's, guys it's awesome. do a great job and he's a great person and No, he, seriously, that was I He's I a so huge fan you. of the show. He's a huge you know, fan I, of the show. I so. appreciate both of you cuz I I appreciate you thinking of me cuz I tell everyone I'm like I it's for some reason I have such a hard time finding people to go to games with, but I always get um I've never paid like super expensive tickets and I always get decent seats, so it's um, finding people to go to games with has been hard, but um, if there are anybody who ever wants to go to a game, I will literally be at the game whenever you tell me to be at the game. I Ba-bam. will not hesitate. I just, it's, it's just a, you know, public transportation, man, is a thing. It is a great thing, and it lets you be anywhere you want to be, like we had talked about earlier. So, That's right. And I work right in, right in downtown, so it's perfect convenience. Her name is Anastasia, and she can be followed <laughs> at Twitter on <laughs> at a z o l i d e s. Yes, I still can't say it. I am going to it's practice Zolidus. that. The i and the e sounds are switched. Zolides. 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 Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. Also, it's good that I'm doing that now and not like the beginning of our conversation. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's it's fine. I if I can only tell you how many names I've been called in my lifetime, I had um, some person I. I work at a hospital. Someone on the phone the other day thought I said my name was Anesthesia. <laughs> which has been You have a gasping. For real. Like, literally, she was like, did your parents name you Anesthesia? And I'm like, no, it's Anesthesia. But I literally will answer to whatever anyone yells at me. One of my old bosses 
from the Palladium used to introduce me as anesthesia to the band members that we, he would introduce me to. And I think half of, half of them thought he was serious. <laughs> My response to that, yes, I just put people to sleep easily. That's why. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But, so. but you're an awesome Bruins fan and you're a great human. And, and thank you so much for taking the time tonight to, um, to be on the third episode of this, uh, this new upcoming podcast. Am I, and I'm the first female first girl for the beers and Bruins. And I'm, I'm honored Mark. And I no problem at all. appreciate you even wanting to talk to me. So thank you so much. Well, and, uh, you, my friend, are a hashtag class act. Ah, I love it. Because, yeah, you got to do the millennial thing in there. What? Millennial thing? Class act? To say hashtag. That's old. Oh, oh, oh okay. The hashtag. hashtag for things. All you know. Right. See, class act goes but back no, many years. You are years. a class act because that is your thing. That's why I said it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hashtag class act. Hashtag Boston Beatdown. That's it. Hashtag all the hashtags. Hashtag is really a pound sign. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And please go to Primetime Sports Talk for the upcoming Bruins and uh, Celtics, Patriots, and uh, Red Sox season. So, And uh, please uh, support the, the, the kid Zach uh, in his accident. Uh, please go to that GoFundMe page we mentioned earlier. Um, I am not doing that now. Oh, actually, I'll do that now because his name is Zach with a C. It's M-U-E-N-Z-N-E-R. Terrible with the names, but um, please support that. I'm sure that family would really appreciate it. So, again, anesthesia, please. <laughs> anesthesia. <It's> great. <laughs> I shouldn't have told you that. Yeah, you no, shouldn't have because now it's keep, stuck. Keep that in there. That's fine. <laughs> I just want to thank you again for coming on and, and just um, having a great conversation. It's great to talk to you for the first time. Absolutely. And I, and I look forward to doing this in person. Oh, yeah, I, I think yeah. that we should get together sometime in Boston and have a couple of drinks and um, just have a lot of fun. Hey, you you know where to find me. Awesome. Thank you so much. And everybody, please follow her. Talk to her. She's a good Bruins fan, good human. So we will talk to you soon. Thank you very much, everybody. Peace.